0: This, as you've heard, is about Paul and two good friends. The whole of the letter to the church in Philippi is full of strong Christian teaching. You'll understand what I mean if I say it's pure spiritual milk for all, and it's certainly meat, more substantial food for the established, active Christians, because Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote some very important and profound things to his friends in the church in Philippi. And from a piece of writing, which if you have your Bible in front of you, it covers all of four sides of A5. It's a very short piece of writing. You can read it in a matter of really a few minutes if you simply read it start to end. And from all that come a lot, from a short passage, come many memorable (coughs) sayings How do I flick this thing? Could I have the next slide, please? Could we have the next slide, please? Don't worry if it doesn't, right. Thanks. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And the next one, please. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Rejoice in the Lord always, that's also in this book, and one that I think has gone into common parlance elsewhere, not just in the church, the peace of God which passes understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So a great deal of this whole letter is taken up with strong Christian teaching. But this passage we've just heard about two of his friends is different. Now often in his other letters, (coughs) Paul mentions fellow Christians. He will commend some, like the ones who are working together. He will be concerned about the conduct of others. Maybe he's sending some special greeting to particular people. But this passage is different. So let's look again at his situation. Paul is in prison probably in Rome, possibly in Ephesus, and he has with him two good friends, Timothy and the unpronounceable one, Epaphroditus, both of whom are not in jail. They are free men, and they can move from one place to another. Now, Paul intended to keep Timothy with him for a short time, but he hoped to send him on soon. The situation was that he hoped that he might be free to travel with Timothy, uh, but he wasn't sure whether in fact he'd stay in chains and be sent as a prisoner on for more judgment by the Roman Empire. But he was sending Epaphroditus, who was a member of the church in Philippi, well known to his fellow Christians. He was sending him back home with this document we have in front of us, the letter to the Philippians. What an amazing thing. We are here as quite sophisticated 21st century audience studying something that was written hundreds, indeed thousands of years ago. And yet we know it is the word of God. So the word of God comes to us regardless of the time and the circumstances. Let's look first at Timothy. Now, Timothy, if we look elsewhere in the New Testament, was apparently somebody who was a bit reserved and he lacked some Personal confidence. Okay, thank you, Timothy. Join the club. We've all felt like that some time. Most of us also can think of people we know who are good leaders in the church or in secular life who are just like that. They're quiet, they're not extrovert and noisy and loud, but they're strong and they're good at what they do. Here's one of my stories. A vicar I knew in Birmingham, whom I'll call Barry, seemed very academic, reserved, almost shy. Barry's area, his parish, and the church where he worked presented many challenges. He didn't have a large congregation, and the area roundabout had all sorts of needs. And to add to that, he'd become almost by default Chair of Governors at the local Church of England Primary School, and that was how I met him. I wondered, I really did, how he coped. But that was until I got to know him well. I discovered that Barry would chair a meeting very quietly, (coughs) but he had a very good way with him, and the business got done. He was aware of the pressures on the new head teacher who came very soon after he arrived. He was aware of some of the very bad things which had been happening before, and he came regularly to pray with her to clear out some of the evil and to support her in the early days and the days that followed and the days after that. The school eventually moved from deep failure to outstanding. And anyone who took Barry's quiet personality as a sign of weakness soon discovered, occasionally to their cost, that he could be very tough indeed. As Timothy grew as a Christian and as a leader alongside Paul, I think Timothy may well have been the same. For Timothy, can we have the next slide, please? Timothy was Paul's apprentice. Think of the days in which this was written. In fact, Britain until relatively recently. This was a time when many men taught their sons to follow their own trade, and that was the accepted way in which trades were passed on. As most of you know, one of my hobbies is family history, and time and again, I find a son following the same occupation as his father, but here, with Timothy and Paul is a great picture of younger and older working together, gaining and leading, supporting and helping, teaching and learning from each other. Now what Paul does not say is, I taught him all he knows. If you ever hear a boss say that, the chances are you ought to be suspicious of what's said. He does not say I taught him all he knows, but rather on a basis of mutual respect, he emphasises how much Timothy has served with me in the work of the good news of Jesus. Timothy, as well as Paul, had been telling people that there was new life available in Jesus. Their sins could be forgiven. They could have this new life. They could enter into eternal life. And Paul was particularly grateful to Timothy because Timothy was doing this while others were blatantly serving their own interests, which doesn't paint a particularly good picture of some of the other people he had around. So, where am I? And where are we in all of this? Are we the one who learns and supports like Timothy? The one who learns and mentors like Paul? Or the one who serves their own interest? I know for myself, I have to be careful and think, am I stopping younger people? Because as you can see, I'm very, very old. As I'm st- am I s- stopping younger people coming forward and taking responsibility, which they could probably do far better than I can. And this is something which is a church we have to think about. All this highly relevant to this church at this time. Now, Paul then goes on and praises Timothy for having a genuine interest in your welfare. Or to quote the Good News Bible, he really cares about you. What Paul does not say again is, oh, you wanna listen to him. He's a really good Bible teacher, or he's very holy. He's very, very devout. What Timothy is seen to be doing is this. He's looking after the interests of King Jesus, which is just the same as really caring about his fellow Christians. Caring about his fellow believers is the same as caring about the interests of Jesus because this is not a club where members are encouraged to support each other. This is Paul recognizing that the Holy Spirit of Jesus lived in him, in Paul, in Timothy, and in fact, in all of the Christians in Philippi and the Christians round about him, as he lives in us. So to serve your fellow Christians was to serve Jesus and vice versa. In fact, Timothy was a very good example of a Christian trying to follow all that is said about Jesus himself in chapter 2 of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, about how Jesus humbled himself, about how Jesus gave himself for others. That is Jesus. What we do will only be a very pale shadow of that. But caring for other believers, and as I look round, there are many, many here who do that, is caring for the church and is caring for the cause of Christ. Can we do this? No, actually, we can't, not on our own. But we can let the Holy Spirit of Jesus help us as we follow him as his disciples. That discipleship highly relevant to this church at this time. Now, Timothy is well known because later on in the New Testament there are two letters written specifically to him. But let's move on to Epaphroditus. And this passage is one of the most human and down-to-earth passages in any of Paul's writings, or I think in any of the New Testament letters. It's down-to-earth because Paul, the Christian apostle, the teacher, the leader, who had just penned the phrase, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And yet here, he's being very open and very honest about how his good friend Epaphroditus had nearly died. This short paragraph, says a great deal about the care that Paul had for his fellow Christians and about his personal honesty, I think. Many of us will have had friends who have been in this situation. Here's one of mine. In the first church I was really active in, in Reading, I had a friend called Jane, slightly older than me. When she was in her early 30s, and I'd just moved elsewhere, she was diagnosed with cancer. And I heard from a mutual friend, whose word I could certainly trust and who did not exaggerate, that the prognosis was not good. Large numbers of people in the church prayed a lot for uh, for Jane. She was someone who was much loved in the church, and... She'd been active in all sorts of Christian activities as a student and as a young woman. She'd been active in the Navigators. She'd then had all sorts of work in the church, being supportive through groups and so on. She was hard of hearing, so she got involved in a hard of hearing Christian fellowship and so on. Well, people prayed, and Jane did die 30 years later. She had another 30 years, and I, and then, after various other illnesses, she eventually died. I miss her still. She was a very good friend, and it was the depth of fellowship that we have known, I'm sure many of us, with other Christians. I grieved for her, even though when I got the email saying that she'd gone, at least she'd gone to be with the Lord, her sister said, at six this morning, she slipped away quietly to be in the presence of Jesus. And that was a fair comment. And then somebody else emailed me, a good friend from the church, and said, you know, I can't think of anybody else who have got as many friends as Jane. I miss her still. Many of us will have had friends who are or have been in this situation. And it is totally appropriate and human that we sing our songs of resurrection through our tears of grief, a good friend. Both are honoured by God and both are natural. If you are in this situation at the moment, if you have good friends who maybe are in this situation, do feel free to go for prayer ministry afterwards. What you say will be kept in the strictest confidence and you will have the chance to pray alongside somebody in private for your friend or maybe for yourself as you're grieving. Human grief for a good Christian friend is in completely natural and Paul must indeed have been very worried about his good friend Epaphroditus because this man must also have been a well-known and respected member of the church in Philippi. He'd been, after all been trusted to bring Paul a gift from his own church and he'd risked his own life. We don't know how. It could have been on the journey, it could have been he had poor health, maybe there was a risk from the military authorities but he had risked his own life to further the work of Jesus. The warmth towards him and the respect in which he's held by Paul and by the Christians in Philippi almost glows out of this short paragraph hundreds of years after it was written. And what's also good is that Paul is keen to communicate across the distances with the very limited ways in which he had of telling people news. Paul is keen to communicate and keep everyone informed about each other About the joys, yes. About the Christian teaching. But also about the sorrows, the needs and the fears. About what God is doing and how we can support each other. Just as today, this morning, we've had an email requiring urgent prayer from Indonesia. And we've prayed. So we've been able to do that because of modern communications. But there are many other networks here which may work in areas where it isn't so easy you know to make contact what i have given to any such situation i know i have learned and gained far far more of course we support yes but those of us who have been around all sorts of situations from uganda to eastern europe with the cross of aid the persecuted church the work in paraguay or In in my case, uh, as some of you know, I went out to Malawi in 2000, just the one visit. I've kept up the contact, which has included sending goods once a year in a container organized by the Diocese of Birmingham to a remarkable lady called Agnes Makoko. She is active in the Mother's Union. I knew nothing about the Mother's Union until I went to Malawi. I thought it was the Women's Institute plus God, it is actually a remarkable organisation. It's just got a lousy image. And in, in Malawi, it, it does a great force for good. And I remember on this fortnight, which was organised by David Lee, then working for the Diocese of Birmingham, we met many representatives of the Mothers' Union, and they are remarkable women. One of the things Agnes is doing is teaching women who are, believe me, the poorest of the poor. Malawi's well set in the bottom 10 poorest nations in the world. She's teaching people who have nothing to make something. It's not aid, it's trade. It's aid and then trade. But they're teaching, she's teaching them to make clothing, to make things they can sell in the markets, to grow crops and so on, so they can eventually feed themselves. And once a year, we send a container out. I keep in touch with Agnes because somebody had the wisdom to give her a laptop and I learn a lot about their needs in the drought, in the floods, in all sorts of situations. Anything I give, I get back a hundredfold, really I do. And can I thank those who helped this year, because in the container, which actually went yesterday, I have loaded clothing, uh, a small amount of clothing, but fabrics, pencil cases to encourage children, particularly girls, to go to school in their stationary packs. School bags, I loaded fabric and medical supplies. I loaded, among other things, someone's very generous gift of a sewing machine. That is big business out there. That's a job for somebody. You can earn your living and no longer be dependent if you have something like that. But I have received far, far more than I've ever given. I'm sure there are lots of other people who would echo that from their own experience of working with all sorts of situations, both at home and overseas. Along, my, along with this list, and I'm sure, sorry if I've missed anybody out. If I start talking about, about the hothouse, we'll be here all day. So, it's yes, okay, and you do want to get home. Um, one of the places I thought nearer home is St. Peter's Walsall. Now, many of you have, have been around while we've been helping and supporting St. Uh, Peter's Walsall, and just as we have contacts with all sorts of different parts of the world. So Gavin Burnage, do we have the shot of, of, um, of him from, don't, don't worry, he's preaching this evening. And so if you want to know more about the work at St. Peter's Warsaw, again, we have, we have supported, but we've gained so much learning from this man and the fellow Christians around him and what's going on there in one of the poorest local authority wards in the country. Poor in one sense, yes, but there are riches in what they are doing. Let's look at these two paragraphs together and these two friends of Paul's. Younger and older can gain from each other. We can know about Christians from other parts of the world and we can gain from knowing them and we do gain greatly from all that they have to tell us. Those who are strong at the moment and those who are weak and vulnerable at the moment can learn from each other and from God himself. Who, as we're going to sing in a moment, is compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, highly relevant to this church at this time. We are poorer when we don't do this, but oh my friends, we are so much richer when we do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus,